Hi friends, welcome to the podcast. We live in a world where truth is relative and feelings are ultimate. But in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, both freedom and life are found in truth. They're found in God's word. And that's why on this podcast, we remain rooted in scripture. Despite what culture might say, what our opinions might be, or how we might feel, we look to the word of God to be our foundation of truth. Hey y'all, it's Caroline. For today's episode, I just had my fiance Caleb join me on the podcast to talk about some boundaries that are in dating relationships. From emotional boundaries to physical boundaries, we just kind of take a look at like, what does God's word have to say about these things? And what is maybe some advice or, or wisdom that Caleb and I have learned or picked up along the way in our dating relationship? And so I just pray that this podcast encourages you, that it blesses you. But more than anything, I pray that you would remain rooted and grounded in the truth of scripture. You're listening to the Truth Talks podcast, so let's talk some truth. Babe, you know what I figured out the other day? What's that? You're actually not my fiance. Really? Yeah, actually, you're my fiance. No, you're fiance. No, I'm serious. No, no, I'm serious. (laughs) You know how in um, Spanish, it's like there's feminine and masculine words? Mm -hmm. Is fiance a French word? word yeah okay i think it's that they have the same thing there fiance is the male version of fiance y'all she went to spain one time (laughs) she comes back acting like she's got a phd in spanish history i'm not i'm talking about french history right now and i'm serious you can literally look it up okay it's facts all right and fair enough i mean i'm sorry because fiance is just it's the worst it that's a terrible word yeah Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> y'all, uh, Caleb joined me today because we're going to talk boundaries. Woohoo! Yeah, fun ones. Fun ones. Anyways, I feel like, though, that this is something that a lot of people miss is that when it comes to, like, boundaries in dating and relationships, there's more than just the physical boundaries. There's, like, emotional boundaries and, like, boundaries that you have to place on your thoughts and your words. And I think a lot of times we just, like, when we hear the word boundaries, we're like, Oh, like the physical boundaries, you know, but it's so much more than that, I feel like. Yeah, it is. And I think whenever we first started dating, we kind of like, not discounted, but didn't really realize the other, other boundaries quite as much. Like people had told us about them, but it's like, I don't know, you don't really think about like emotional boundaries more than you do physical boundaries, but Mm -hmm. they're just as real. Yeah, that's true. I also think though that we, (laughs) we were pretty naive going into it with like, physical boundaries too which we can kind of touch on like warnings later on in the podcast but just like I think overall like we had heard things about boundaries before but we were kind of like no that's not going to be me or yeah it, or it's just mm-hmm. this like innocence of like not being able to like understand like how difficult it might be because you've just never experienced it before yeah yeah I think we were a little bit naive going into it for sure but hey, grace abounds. <laughs> Sanctification's a process. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just kind of wanted to touch on like emotional boundaries, which actually I feel like is kind of becoming a more popular thing. Like I've heard more people kind of talk about mm-hmm. it. And I, I mean, I feel like this is emotional boundaries is hard because it's not really clear cut. It's like really kind of up to, you know, you and whoever you're dating. Yeah. But I do think that there is like one 
emotional boundary that I would say that is just like wise for everyone to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like, don't talk about like y'all's future together all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, don't don't talk about like don't set in stone and kind of like get your heart like you get your heart way ahead of where you are in present time. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's like. Yeah, you should be discussing your future together and, like, making plans, like, obviously. But you shouldn't let, like you're saying, your heart progress beyond where you are in the moment. Like, at least let your heart progress beyond a reasonable point. Like, there is is something, like, you do need to be anticipating, like, okay, what's going to be our next step? What's this going to be? But if you've only been dating for a week and you're talking about what you're going to name your kids, (laughs) it's like you've you've progressed too far (laughs) in your heart. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, you should be, like, thinking about your future together because if you're dating someone, mm-hmm. then, like, you should be, like, okay, like, uh, evaluating, do I see them in, in my future? You know, yeah. what is that possibly going to look like? But when you continue to dwell on things in the future, such as, you know, the, the life, that it's okay to, like, have, you know, an idea of the life that y'all want to have together, mm-hmm. but to continue to, like, dwell there and start to actually kind of plan that out and promise each other those things, like... I think you're asking for some some discontentment yeah. there because mm-hmm. I think that that's something that like I struggled with is that I currently like or not currently I constantly like allowed my heart to get way ahead of where we were in yeah. present time and so man like it was hard for me waiting like waiting you know a year or two mm-hmm. to get to the point that we're at now because it was like I I was, my heart was there a year ago. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it really sets you up for discontentment and just impatience and like a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. But also it's like, you don't really know if that's for sure the person you're going to marry or the person you're going to end up with. Mm -hmm. So you sit there and you dream up these things with this person and you promise each other these things. And then like, that could be a a broken promise. And then, you know, you kind of, have your whole life wrapped up in this person and then one day they're gone, you know, like the relationship didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but that's something that I really appreciated you doing is like you, what you, you told me, you told me that, you know, I plan on marrying you. That's like what, that's where we're headed, that I have every intention of like proposing to you, getting Mm -hmm. married to you, but you wouldn't say, Hey, we are getting married. Like this is for sure going to happen mm-hmm. because you said like, I'm a man of my word and I'm not going to promise you something until I actually put like a ring on your finger. And that's something mm-hmm. that I really appreciated because it actually, even though in the moment I was like sad, cause I was like, no, like I want you to tell me like that you're going to marry me. Like I want you to promise me this, but like, you know, I think I came to, to realize like, Hey, this is actually so much better because he's protecting my heart. Um, and so I really appreciated that about yeah. how you did that. Yeah. That's a pet peeve of mine. Like whenever people are like, <laughs> no, we're getting married. Like, okay, well then why don't you have an engagement ring on? Like if you're willing to like go to that step, then why aren't you willing to actually propose? It's like you're proposing to everybody else around you. You're proposing to that person, but you're not actually making it formal. I feel like that really does tie in though. It's like letting yourself get beyond where you actually are mm-hmm. in reality. Yeah. And yeah. then some of the, some of those people might actually get married and, you yeah. know, I mean, the, and like, obviously like this isn't in the Bible, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. so people can, I mean, there is a verse in, in Song of Solomon where she's like, don't let a love awake, don't let love awaken before it's time. Yeah. 
I don't, I think it's debated on what she really means there, mm-hmm. but I think it's a wisdom that can be applied to like multiple different facets within yeah. dating. Um, and I think that that can be one of them is like, don't let your heart get in, involved further than it should, or mm-hmm. your heart be ahead of where you are in present day. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that, I feel like that's just a piece of advice that like we learned mm-hmm. throughout our relationship. It's obviously like not yeah. in the Bible. But. Yeah. And I think it's like the reasoning behind that. It's like, if in my heart we've been like, if we've been dating for a month in real life, but in my heart, I'm already like engaged to you. If we break up in two weeks, it's going to feel like I broke up with my fiance. You know, yeah. it's like you're doing this to protect yourself. And you're also doing this to like save some things for later. Like mm-hmm. you want to save like those conversations for like how many kids are we going to have? How, what, what are we going to do together? Like what's our life exactly going to look like? Like those are probably conversations that should come later on in your relationship. Like those are things that you want to save so that you can enjoy them in their proper time. But don't, yeah. don't rush things. Don't do things out of, out of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of a stupid example, but like I wouldn't show you what engagement ring that I wanted because yeah. I was like, I didn't think we were going to break up, but I was like, if some freak things ha- freak thing happens and we break up, like I don't want to have showed him my ring because then I won't want that same ring. Yeah. And so it's kind of the same way of like, you know, talking about your future and how many kids you want to have and where you want to live mm-hmm. and like all that stuff. It's kind of like, man, when that person leaves, like I feel like it just kind of changes everything and you can't yeah. have not that you can't have that. I mean, you could go ahead and do it, but I feel like emotions are attached to it at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Just so you guys know, uh, your boy figured it out. I knew what ring she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no surprises here. Hey. <laughs> I'm like inspector gadget <laughs> over <laughs> there, <laughs> looking over your shoulder on your Pinterest feed. Hey. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Okay. I didn't look at your feed. My no. <laughs> P- Pinterest feed is a sacred place for a woman. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, like before we started dating, though, people had talked to me about like emotional boundaries, and I feel like every single person that talked to me had something totally different to say, and I didn't understand what any of them were talking about. Like some yeah. people were like, "You shouldn't read your Bibles together," and other people are like, "Praying is the most like intimate time that you could have together, so you shouldn't do those things, or you shouldn't go to the same Bible study because you don't want to be like you don't want your walk with Jesus to be dependent on the person you're dating." And mm-hmm. so I like going into, it, I was like, "What does that mean? Does that mean I can't?" we shouldn't ever read the Bible or talk about like what we're doing in our quiet time together or something like reading the Bible is off limits. Yeah. Reading the Bible, talking about Jesus shouldn't be in your relationship. There's <laughs> no all. place for that. So it's like, there's like uh, people are confusing, but I think ultimately it boils down to like, don't progress beyond where you are in reality. You're you're just setting yourself up to get hurt. Well, I think that there is actually some wisdom in kind of what they were saying. I mean, like we went yeah. to a Bible study together, but it's my faith wasn't dependent upon what mm-hmm. we did together. Um, and so I think that like it's not a bad thing. Like I know we're reading through the New Testament together right now. Yeah. But it's like I have other, I guess like I want to. I guess you could call it like sources mm-hmm. for that, um, other than just like what's with you. Yeah. And so I think that like you know doing a Bible study with who you're dating can be great, um, you know, but just make sure that your faith isn't dependent upon them mm-hmm. or attached to them so that, hey, if you do break up, like they leave, so does your faith. Yeah. Um, or you've kind of like, I think it can be easy to like build them up to be like your spiritual um, leader mm-hmm. or someone you're spiritually dependent upon and, and that can be dangerous. Um, but also I just thought about this in high school, this I think is another good good kind of boundary in high school that my parents like 
for whoever we dated, Mm -hmm. they like said, okay, you can only like hang out with them four days out of the week. And that might sound ridiculous, but like looking back, it's like, Hey, that's actually really helpful because I know a lot of people would just like spend every moment together and then you break up and how much more devastating is that? Because your whole life and like all of your emotions have been completely dependent upon this person. Like you're, you're not a person outside of them. And so I think that that's actually like a really healthy thing is like, Hey, I don't need to spend every single waking moment with this person. Yeah. You know? Um, And it's just not healthy. Like, especially it's like your entire life should not be wrapped up in your dating relationship. Like you can't get into this dating relationship and ditch all of your community immediately. Cause those are the people who are going to be there to support you. Mm Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, I think jumping to like thoughts, boundaries and thoughts, that kind of sounds interesting because it's like I like thoughts pop into my head all the time and I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Like that, mm-hmm. you know, like those like weird thoughts where you're like, what if I just did this like right now? I have those all the time. Uh, what is that I, called? I think they're intrusive thoughts. Intrusive yeah, I have those thoughts? all the time. You're like, what if I push this person off the bus? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit of a violent one, but no, I have, I'm telling no, you, it's I like have those too. Everybody, everybody gets them. Everybody wants to pretend like they don't have those random, like serial killer, weird thoughts. But you do. Yeah, don't you lie do. to me. Like you're sitting there, like, hmm, what if I jumped off this building right now? What would happen? What <laughs> if? No, I was I was working for um, an accounting company this summer, mm-hmm. and not even going to be an accountant, by the way. So why was I there? Really, we don't know. Anyways, they sent me to go pick up, like, these, like, receipts and, like, this is, like, a huge box of, like, papers from one of their clients. Yeah. And I was like, what if I just, like, threw this in the trash and burned it and then just didn't go back to work? What would happen? Like, I don't know why I distinctly remember that, but I was like, <laughs> yeah. why? Like, why did you think that? But We're probably both um, just self-diagnosing ourselves with something <laughs> right now. Nobody else but us does this. <laughs> that would be really unfortunate, but... um no, I, but I, so that's why I think it's like hard when you're like, put boundaries on the thoughts. Like, what do you mean? But mm-hmm. like, I, it is important because I think, you know, in a dating relationship, not only can your thoughts, you know, we were kind of talking about that with emotional boundaries, like, Hey, like, don't let your, your heart, you know, get yeah. ahead of where it is. Don't let y'all be talking about, you know, all these things like, man, don't let your thoughts go there either, either mm-hmm. because your thoughts take you places. And yeah. so, man, just be mindful of where, what your thoughts are thinking about. Maybe, um, you know, when you catch yourself kind of like drifting, you know, towards that, then like maybe kind of reining it back in. But I think really where you can kind of like experience this is like, like lust within a relationship. Like, you know, your thoughts also take you places there. And so for me, I think that one thing that's really been helpful is that whenever I, you know, notice that like I'm having those thoughts and I'm like, nope, and I go, Philippians 4, 8, um, which is finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellent, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. And sometimes I have to do that multiple times in a row. Um, but that's just kind of like, no, like realigning your your thoughts with scripture and, and taking every thought captive. Yeah. You know, I think that like, you know, when we read that verse, like take every thought captive, we're like, mm, that's impossible. Well, no, it's not. Like you can yeah. take those thoughts captive and you can um, cause them to obey what scripture says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think also it has to do with like what you're feeding your heart. We talked about this in our last podcast, but it's like if you're 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Like, if you're feeding fantasies within your heart, like, your thoughts are going to be all over the place. Yeah. But it's like, if your heart is longing for, like, the things of the Lord, then it's like, your thoughts are going to tend towards, like, honoring the Lord. And that's not to say that you're not going to have, like, these perfect thoughts all the time. You're never going to have any thoughts that you have to take captive of. But if you are living to honor the Lord then your thoughts will become more aligned with that and it'll become easier to align it with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately that's the goal. It's like, like my body's not my own. You're not your own. Like my goal in dating you more than even my goal in just dating you should be to honor the Lord, you know? And it's like one of the ways that you can do that is through your thoughts and and how you think of the other person and what you think about the other person and and in all contexts, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's really true. But, um, yeah, I, I, to go back to like, what are you feeding your heart? It's like, what are you feeding your heart? Like, are mm-hmm. you, I, I, I've noticed that like, I have to like, I can't listen to some things. Like I can't listen to some music. I can't watch some TV shows that like maybe used to not be difficult for me. But now I, you know, notice my thoughts, like whenever I'm, you know, watching or listening to that, like whatever TV show it is, it's like, no, actually like this, like is taking my thoughts places and like, this isn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that also it's something this is a little bit off topic, but like, it's not super talked about for girls, mm-hmm. you know, that like you can struggle with lust or you can struggle with, you know, sexual temptation or whatever it may be, X, Y, Z. Like yeah. it's not super talked about for girls. So like, if that's you, like, I, like I, I relate, like know that like I've struggled with it and like still do. And that I know a lot of other women who have too. And so like, you're not alone in that. Um, yeah, I know. I feel like for guys, it's kind of like, it's one of those topics. It's like, if you've ever been to a single youth conference or a small group or something for a guy, it's like you've heard this talked about, but it doesn't diminish the importance of it and the reality of it. Like yeah. it's talked about that much for a reason because mm-hmm. it is important. It's like, are you honoring the Lord in your relationship and are you honoring the person that you're dating in that relationship, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think even further than thoughts, though, it's like your words, which mm-hmm. this kind of also goes towards like um, the emotional boundary, but just like what are y'all talking about together? Like, are you talking about like your future? Are you talking about maybe things that you shouldn't be saying to each other? Um, Mm -hmm. kind of in the, in the physical sense. And, um, yeah, we also have to, you know, guard our, our mouths from what we're saying too, is what we're saying, honoring to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I know one thing is like in Ephesians four, Paul says, no foul language should come from your mouths, but only what is good for building someone up in need. And then in chapter five, he goes on to say like obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather give thanks. And so just being mindful of like, how are you, what, what are you saying to the other person? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that words truly have the power to give life or destroy. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have the power to tempt. Like, is what I'm talking to you about, like, is that going to be more tempting for you? Is that going to cause your thoughts to go places, you know, and like vice versa. And so just realizing like, hey, like, I need to like love this person and be kind to this person and help them in their walk. Don't don't cause them to stumble. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And just ultimately like honor the Lord with your speech. Yeah. I agree. But now on to the the physical the <laughs> boundaries. Talking about the birds and the bees. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I apologize on behalf of him. Um, 
No, yes, but no. Anyways, <laughs> um, I feel like I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah, you are. Got him. Um, yeah, no. I lost my train of thought now, thanks to you. <laughs> um, okay, no, that's actually a good point, babe, is that physical boundaries, it's not just about the birds and the bees, okay? Because some people think that, you know, oh, like, purity and dating equals don't have sex. Cool, got it. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, you know, people are like, well, the Bible doesn't explicitly exclude this. And I'm yeah. like, mm, the Bible is pretty clear on what you should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think one verse that you can like look to in this is First um, Corinthians 6.18, which says, flee sexual temptation. Like, don't yeah. you know that all other sins are committed outside the body, but, mm-hmm. you know, sexual sins are committed against the body. You know, you are not your own. You're bought with a price honor God with your body. And I'm definitely paraphrasing that, but, um, man, it says to flee from sexual temptation, like even the the temptation. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to be able to to do anything, you know, that's maybe something before sex? Like if you're supposed to even flee from the temptation of it and it doesn't even say like, Oh, don't do this thing. Just like refrain from doing it. It's supposed yeah. to flee from it. Like we're supposed to run in the opposite direction. Yeah, and I feel like people are quick to discount that. They're like, okay, well, if I have this this line, and across this line is sin, and on the other side of it's not sin. Like, even if you're trying to get close to that line, what you don't realize is that that's still sin because you're disobeying disobeying scripture directly because mm-hmm. the Bible never says, see how close you can get to the line, but don't quite cross over it on the other side. That's the sin. It's like, no, even if you're getting close to that line on purpose, it's like the Bible says to flee from it and you're disobeying the Bible if you're not fleeing from yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I think also like when Paul's writing there, like he goes on to say, you know, honor God with your body. Mm-hmm. And when we sit there and actually think about like, okay, is this honoring to God or is this honoring to my flesh? There's not going to be a whole lot left you can do that's honoring to the Lord. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I saw it, but, but to your point of like, you know, seeing how close you can get to the boundary, I think that that's like what a lot of people do. And I yeah. think, I think it's good to have boundaries like written out, like clear boundaries written out. Cause mm-hmm. I know that like we do, um, but there's some like no brainers, like have a curfew. Don't kiss while you're laying down. Don't go in each other's rooms with the door closed. Like you don't, there's like certain things that you do not need to do, um, that are very clear boundaries. But I was listening to a podcast from Sadie Robertson and she was kind of saying how, like when they were going about their boundaries, they were like, if we, you know, we realized that like setting up these like strict boundary rules, Mm -hmm. we knew we were just going to go straight to the line, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's really true. I think, you know, um, because the, the thought process is like, well, as long as I don't cross this line, like I can do everything right up, up, up t- next to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that oh. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can do everything right until right up next to it. But, you know, what she was saying that they did was like, man, really just saying like, okay, our main desire is to like honor the Lord and mm-hmm. glorify the Lord. And so how can we do that? And so just checking themselves yeah. every day of like, is this glorifying to the Lord? And I even have one of my friends um, who, like, you know, they were kind of like when they were evaluating, like, what rules to place in mm-hmm. for their, you know, relationship, you know, th- the question wasn't like, oh, do we think this is okay? Do we not? It's like, is this honoring to the Lord yeah. or is this honoring to my flesh? 
And I think when you think about it that way, man, there, it, it helps to cross a whole lot more off the list that might not be God honoring. Yeah. Yeah. The question isn't, is what I'm doing dishonoring to the Lord? The question should be, is what I'm doing honoring to the Lord? And it's like, that's a way that you can sacrificially love in that. It's like you sacrifice some things that your flesh wants mm. because that's a way that you can honor the Lord. And that's the way that you can honor the other person. And it's also a good way to practice, like I said, sacrificial love towards the other person, because there are things that you're going to have to give up in your walk with Christ in order to be in that relationship with him, because he calls you to do that. And he calls Mm -hmm. you to do that because it's good and because he knows what's best for you. But if, yeah, if your goal is to see how close you can get without dishonoring the Lord, or even, I mean, just be real with it. Like maybe just dishonor the Lord a little bit. Like it's not that bad. Yeah. Like you need to re- reevaluate. Your goal should be to honor the Lord in everything that you do in your relationship and your boundaries and physical things are included with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think though, just, I think that the problem is that like, I think that we've all probably, everyone's probably struggled with this thought at one point or another, but mm-hmm. like, we're like, we, we just don't really think that God knows better yeah. when it comes to, to like sex and it's like man he designed it like he he knows how yeah. it works he knows how it works best and it's like I, you know you hear this all the time like sex was god's idea like it's not that he doesn't want us to be able to like enjoy sex he just knows how it works best and you hear this analogy all the time like a fire inside the fireplace like mm-hmm. that's a great thing it's beautiful keeps people warm like all the things but when the fire it's outside of the fireplace like it burns the whole house down yeah. and so that that's kind of how it is with like um, having sex outside of marriage. It's just like God knows the the destruction that it will bring, mm-hmm. and even if it's not an immediate consequence, I promise you that there are consequences to it. Like yeah. just because God knows, like, hey, this isn't what's best for you. This isn't what's good for you. This is gonna mm-hmm. this is gonna hurt you. You yeah. know. Um, and 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 I think that the thing is is like. If you don't believe that God knows better when it comes to sex, if you don't believe that he calls us to purity because it is for our good um, and he wants what's best for us and it's because he loves us, then the issue is that your God view is incorrect. And Mm -hmm. that's what needs to be addressed first, actually, Um, because it's like, do we actually believe that like, hey, God's got my best interest in mind. Like, I trust that he knows what he's saying. I trust that what he calls me to is good. Yeah. And I think that's what you kind of have to evaluate first. Yeah. It's good. But I think also, too, just like as an encouragement to anyone, um, it's not like we've been perfect. I know that we're saying like all of these like boundaries and things like that, but it's like we haven't been perfect in that in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the, the the beautiful things is that, you know, that despite the fact that we have struggled with these things, the Lord is kind enough to like have allowed us to like learn from them and continue Mm -hmm. to learn from them. And then now like sit here and be like, look, like we messed up, like we've done it wrong, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like here's this like advice and this biblical wisdom of like how you can walk better in your relationships and not make the same mistakes Mm -hmm. that we did, you know? Yeah. I would, I would encourage y'all. And this is something that we didn't really have much when we're dating and we're still kind of looking for it to be honest right now. But like try and find a couple that's just like a couple steps ahead of you and just be in constant like communication with them. Because like, you know, if you're if you're walking behind somebody in a trail and somebody in front of you slips, like they can point out where they slip so you mm-hmm. don't slip on that same spot, you know. Yeah. And so it's like find somebody who's like taking a few steps ahead of you and they can tell you which steps you shouldn't step on, you know. Yeah. Because um, it is a process and it's like the scripture like 
it leaves it up in the air. It doesn't leave up honoring the Lord in the air. That's clear and fast, but it's like how you do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like there's a little bit of up to interpretation there. And so it's like find somebody else who has done it and who has walked the walk and who's done it in a way that honors the Lord and try and follow them and try and learn from them. Yeah. You know? Or someone who has even made mistakes and like now they're yeah. like, hey, like. Probably especially somebody who's made some mistakes. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of like the place that we're coming from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also to that, like have community, like date in community. Mm-hmm. And like, we, we didn't really get to do that. You know, like we, we were long distance. Um, yeah, that was hard. and so we didn't really have like a community and like coming to college, like my friends are still getting to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like what they've seen of you, obviously like they've seen like your character and your heart and like, they are totally on board with, you know, us getting married and everything like that. But like, it's so much easier to date within community. It's so much wiser to date within yeah. community. And then I think on top of that, like, you need to have accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this has been hard because I've been asked to be someone's accountability partner and I've asked people to be my accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And I think what helps the most is, like, when you're asking someone to be your accountability partner, you need to lay it out for them. Like, lay it out for them yeah. exactly what they need to do. Hey, I need you to text me every day. I need you to check in with me, like, once a week, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then give them permission to ask the questions that you don't want to be asked. Yeah. Because they're kind of in this position of like, well, I don't want to make this person mad, but like I want to help them. Like, mm-hmm. no. Straight up, like give them permission to ask you the hard questions and yeah. then be honest and answer them, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's something I wish I had done, you know, with asking people for accountability. And then that's what I wish people had done for yeah. me when I asked them for accountability. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I think giving them permission to ask you the hard questions that you yeah. don't want to be asked is, yeah, like, the biggest point. thing. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that's a good practical point for sure. Yeah, get accountability. Mm-hmm. You need it. You can't do it without it. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, that kind of goes with accountability, but, like, like confess it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the mm-hmm. Bible says that, like, you know, not confessing it is what, you know, keeping our sin in the dark, like, we're, we can't prosper in that, um, and that there is life in confession, and I, I think that last year, um, that's when I really, like, got to see that lived out as, like, oh my gosh, like, when God said that confession, like, actually, like, frees you up, he wasn't lying, like, it actually works, mm-hmm. and so it's just, I would, I would confess it, because if not, like, you know, you're going to keep it in the dark, and that that's where it's going to be able to grow and fester, mm-hmm. um, but I think before we, we kind of close, I did want to touch on, you know, just like the difference between like guilt and conviction. Yeah. Because I think when it does come to these boundaries, especially physical ones, there can be a lot of guilt and shame that mm-hmm. comes with it. Yeah. And there can be a lot of guilt and shame that comes with like, you know, obviously we don't know y'all's situation. Like you could be in a past relationship where there's guilt and shame that's still with you or in your current relationship where there's guilt and shame with you. And it's like weigh all your thoughts against the Lord. Like guilt and shame is not from the Lord. Conviction is, and there's a difference there. There's a hard defining line. And it's like the Lord convicts you because he loves you and he wants to bring you out of your current situation and into a situation that he is one, like wants to put you in, you know, and that's a good thing. So it's like, yeah, guilt and shame is not from the Lord. You need to constantly be combating those thoughts, but conviction is, and whenever you feel convicted, like, don't run from that, run towards that, walk through that with your community, say, hey, you know, this happened, I'm thinking this way, I'm feeling shame from this, and like walk through that with other people because they can help you get 
get through it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like, there was a period of time where, like, I really struggled with, like, guilt and shame. And I think that was the time where it was, like, the Lord grew me so much and he taught me so much mm-hmm. just of his goodness and his faithfulness and his love towards me. And it was like, man, like even in the midst of like my sin, like even in the midst of like my, you know, my struggles. And it's like, yeah, like that's, that's who he is. Like he's yeah. a good father mm-hmm. and he loves us. And I think that sometimes we like, when we start to feel that guilt and, and that shame, we want to sit there and we want to wallow in it and almost like beat ourselves up because it's like we still feel like we need to earn the forgiveness of God and we feel like if we sit there in that guilt and that shame and we beat ourselves up then a little bit like we're earning kind of back you know um the Lord's love and his forgiveness but like that is so anti-biblical it's so anti-gospel and it's Mm -hmm. not what he's asked us to do like Jesus declared to tell us that like it is finished um and he took the punishment for it so that you don't have to. And so God, you know, in, in those moments, like we're supposed to, to run to him. Yeah. And, I've, and, and I always heard that before, but I really encourage you to, to do it mm-hmm. because when I actually did it, like there was like so much healing and, and life brought from that. Um, yeah. And I got to learn so much from that and, and, and learn of the father so much from that. But um, I just love this passage in John where these people, they bring this woman who was a, a prostitute or she had committed adultery, mm-hmm. whatever, and they had caught her in the act and, and they, they grab her and they come and throw her at Jesus's feet. And they're like wanting him to, you know, like condemn her yeah. and, and punish her. And Jesus looks at them and he says like, you who has not sinned, cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. And, and they all had to leave. And then he looks at this woman and he says like, like, who, who here, like, accuses you? Who here condemns you? Mm-hmm. And he goes, neither do I condemn you. Like, now go and sin no more. Yeah. And so it's like this woman is, like, brought at his feet. And it's in the, the, the moment of her biggest shame. I can't imagine the guilt and the fear that she was feeling. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, in her worst and darkest moment, like, the Lord looked at her with love and forgiveness. Yeah. And, and he called her to go and sin no more. And that's not a sin or that's not a call to perform, but it's a call to the life of freedom that he's offered us through the cross. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just just remember that that's the character of our Father and that guilt and shame, like, they don't come from him. Conviction, yes, that is from the Holy Spirit, and that yeah. is a good thing, and I'm so thankful for conviction. But, like, guilt and shame, like, it, it it's not from him. Mm-hmm. And so don't sit there and dwell in that because the enemy will use it yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all I have. That's facts. Facts check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Thanks. I try. I'm a professional podcaster at this point, so <laughs> jokes. Totally kidding. Anyways, um, yeah, well, we hope that, you know, y'all, y'all, the Lord speaks to you guys through that um, and that maybe that, that was encouraging in any way. But yeah. yeah, thanks for listening and we hope to see you back next week. See y'all. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. My prayer is that we would be a people whose lives are rooted in the truth of scripture. Make sure you share, subscribe, and repost the podcast so that we can continue to grow our community and be a generation that walks in truth and lives in love.